notes from like notes to self on Google Drive or um, on your email, things you've sent to yourself, just notes on your notepad and you look at them, either things you thought were funny or things you thought were important, you thought were cool, thought things you really probably wanted to share with other people because you thought they were like very profound thoughts and then you take a look at them from like, you know, maybe five years ago, maybe two, mine, the ones I'm looking at right now are from two years ago and I look at these thoughts that I had, these things that I thought, oh, I'm going to have to write those down because I'm going to share them later. I'm going to share them to people who are going to be interested. And uh, they're just absolute nonsense. Absolute nothing burgers. Um, well, I think also they do, they remind you, they remind you of a previous point in your life where you thought you were smarter than you were, or you thought you were funnier than who you were, you thought you were braver than who you were. That being said, this is really just truly a stream of consciousness that I'm going to do. Because I have looked back, there was a time on my Facebook where I was writing Facebook statuses back when they were like Facebook updates. And I thought these jokes, I was writing jokes, they were jokes, they were like one-liner jokes, but they might have been like two or three-liners. I might have taken the liberty to write a three-line one-liner because I thought this is so brilliant. I think it was, it was over ten years ago I was writing these. I got on a big kick. If you're Facebook friends with me or you've been friends with me for a long time, you probably remember this phase that I had. But I thought these jokes were great. I really thought I was doing something really funny, cool, and interesting, and I'm not ashamed of these, but I go back and I read them, like Facebook will remind me of the joke I made 10 years ago, and I read it, and I'm not cringing, I'm not cringing at the joke itself, because the joke itself is something I would read on the internet and be like, okay, like that's for people that aren't funny, but some people probably that aren't funny also think that's funny, but I go back and I look at them, and I'm really cringing at the fact of how proud I was, how proud I was of the joke. I thought it, I was, I just look back on it like, oh my gosh, I remember writing this. I remember writing this and thinking, wow, I'm really, people are gonna be like messaging each other. People are gonna be messaging each other on Facebook, being like, did you see the funny thing that Joey Burtop wrote on Facebook? I remember, I mean, maybe, I didn't think everyone was going to be doing that, but I really, I really, I mean, I'll, I'll carry this into the future now, though. I do think that whenever you post something on Instagram, I do this all the time. I post it and I think, I think about everyone that likes it. I go through the like list. I go through the like list, the entire like list, and I think about each person. Hannibal Burris kind of has a joke about this, but I think about each person experiencing it. Each person that likes it, so I know they saw it, and whatever liking it means to them, whatever them double tapping, whatever criteria they have for signifying, wanting me to know that they saw it, I go and I imagine them observing my Instagram post. And it's, uh, it's, 
And then I think about myself when I like someone's Instagram post. I think about how little time and thought I actually give to that Instagram post. I, I, and how very unjudicious I am. I pretty much like everything. Anything that's from a friend, anything that's from someone that I don't not like, I will like their Instagram post just to let them, just because I like them. I'm like, good good for you. I, I want you to be happy. I know this does a lot for me, so I'm going to give it to you. So I think about the very little energy that someone actually spends thinking about the thing I put on Facebook, the thing I put on Instagram, and I extrapolate that to everyone that... Um, everyone that liked the Instagram and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am, how much time and energy we think about how much people are like thinking about the things we do and how much time, like how much we occupy other people's brains and we don't. I mean, I how much time I, I should, I should speak for myself. I gotta get out, I have a very bad habit of projecting the things I do onto everyone. And that's not true. But I think about how much time I spend thinking about how often people are thinking about me. And once I start doing that, I'm like, oh, I'm insane. I'm an insane person because nobody, well, I think, well, that's not true because people say that like nobody's thinking of you. That's not true because you're thinking about people sometimes. Sometimes you are thinking about something. Sometimes you're looking at someone's Instagram post and you're like, really like, whoa, I'm really, I'm going to be thinking about this later in the day about how I feel about it. But very, very rarely. Um, but whatever. Honestly, I get a lot of, it feels good. That's the thing. Getting like a lot of likes on an Instagram post, it feels good. I don't think it has anything negative effects on it. People would probably say, well, you're finding love through validation of like acquaintances and people you barely know. Like, so what? I found love. Suck a dick. Who cares? And go find your own love and go critique that. I'm here enjoying the fact that 14 people liked my Instagram photo, so fuck off. That's how I feel. Because um, I'm trying to think now where you find self-worth. And I don't think it matters. Like, I don't think it really matters where you find it. As long as you diversify your self-worth, I think it's okay. As long as you don't put all your eggs in one basket, I think you're fine. Um, when people talk about, like, loving yourself, like... You need to figure out how you're going to love yourself and give yourself self-worth. But I don't really know if you can because I think at the end of the day, it's all worth. You can feel, you can, you can reach that. You can get things that make you feel like you're good. I'll, I don't know. I talk about playing guitar all the time, but I play guitar all the time. But I do play, but there is part of me that's like, I'm like practicing to to play for the camera or to be in a band or per to perform live for someone else. I want to write music for someone else. I want to perform it in front of them. I want them to experience my creativity. So do I get fulfillment? Do I get self-worth from being good at guitar? I do. But I, someone talked about this. Someone was saying, someone was talking about this show called The Good Place. And I guess in you whatever, you die, you go to purgatory or whatever, and you live there forever. 
um, you continue to exist forever. And someone said, yeah, you can do whatever you want, everything you wanted to do on Earth, you can go do there. One of the examples was, you can go, you can learn how to play guitar if that's something you've always wanted to do. And I'm like, okay, if I knew I was going to live forever, I wouldn't get really good. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't get really good at guitar because I play the guitar, but I'm like, if I was the only one who was going to hear it, I don't think I would play. I think I'm playing guitar for other people. I think I'm learning to play guitar. <laughs> I think I'm like learning to play guitar and I learned to play guitar when I was younger to impress people. I'm, oh, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did because I was like, I was fat. I was fat. And then when I stopped being fat, I had a lot of acne. And I mean, this isn't, I mean, nobody's secure. Nobody really likes themselves when they're in middle school for one reason or another. But those were my reasons. I was fat. And then when I stopped being fat, I got a ton of acne. So I didn't really have any self-worth. I had nobody, I mean, nobody really like looked at me. I had a decent amount of self-confidence. I mean, for a kid, I wasn't going to like jump off of the, you know, I'm not going to climb the flagpole and jump off because I was too fat. But whatever. I don't know. But I had to learn to play guitar and I had to learn to be, dare I say, I had to learn to be funny or at least annoying. I had to learn to get attention. I had to get people to look at me because that's where I found fulfillment. That's where I found self-worth. So I learned how to play guitar because I had to out of necessity. I learned how to make people laugh because I had to. I needed someone to engage with. I had to have someone care. So yeah, and I think about it now, and I'm like, I'm playing guitar, and I mean, I guess I, s okay, yeah, all right, I've got another example, I'm gonna keep going with this guitar thing, but I do think I play guitar, and I write music for other people, anything artistic that I do, right now, I am doing this, I do this for myself to, because not a lot of people watch it on YouTube, a couple people watch it on, um, on sound or listen to it on the the podcast version so i do enjoy i do enjoy knowing that people are experiencing that way i also do this just for myself um i wouldn't do this for myself i would if i wasn't putting this on youtube for someone to possibly see i wouldn't do this for sure but there is something nice i do play this back and i do listen to the things i say and i do think this is good stuff. I do like the stuff I say. I love my own stream of consciousness. If I didn't, I feel like it'd be incredibly arrogant, assuming that other people would when I don't even enjoy myself. It's neither, it's really neither here nor there. But I wanted to go back to surfing. I started, I like, I was surfing this morning and I was, I was like, I'd been a little bit, um, I don't want to say depressed, but I'm, I'm like kind of in it right now. And I, I said, oh, I'm going to surf tomorrow because I need, I, I'm, I'm like pretty lonely here at the moment. Uh, I'm working on it, but I'm pretty lonely. So I was like, I'm going to go out and surf because it's less time I spend in my house and by myself. It's, and so I went out. It sounds, it's not as sad as it sounds, but I went out and I went surfing and it was cool I've left feeling really good. I, didn't, I mean, I caught a decent amount of waves. I mean, they were mostly... I've got... I mean, it wasn't an exceptional day, but there is something... There were tons of people out there today, but there was something about being there and 
talking to other people where I was like, okay, what was it? What was nice about that? Because I wasn't doing, I don't have like a GoPro out there. I'm not filming myself and then uploading it, but there is something nice about, I started surfing not for other people, for definitely not. But at the same time, it is nice to be a part of a group. Um, I think it would be incredibly lonely if I was out there by myself. Um, but there were other people and it does feel good. It feels good. I went and I watched the video. There's like surf lines so you can look at the video um, of people surfing that area. So I'd been home and I looked at the live stream of Bolsa Chica and I thought to myself, I had a moment where I thought, oh, that was that we were there. We, I was a part of that today. I was a part of that surf session with everyone else. And that felt good. That felt good to me to be, to look at it and say, oh, I was there too. I was there. I was a part of that. And that was nice. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was doing it by myself. No one I really care about saw me or knows I did surf, but it felt, I left feeling good. I left feeling like a surfer and that does something for me and I don't care who knows it. So I think that's one reason I like to surf because it does give me self-confidence because I go out and I do it and I can do it. And I feel like I belong. I feel like I'm doing something with a bunch of people. And now I don't feel like a phony out there. I feel like I have enough confidence to play the part. I don't feel like an imposter. I can catch some waves. I can do all right. So it does something good. It does give me self-worth. It does give me fulfillment as a person. Uh, that I desperately need. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. Man, I had a moment this summer where I was like king of self-confidence. Nothing could get me down. It was crazy because I was even, I was even, I think I struggle with, I think like everyone, I was dating this girl and I thought that this is real vulnerable. And I, I would have moments where I was like, you know, let's say like a night you're, you have, and when you haven't like established anything sort of, um, what's the word? I'm learning a lot recently, but you haven't established anything exclusive. So part of you on a night when you're not seeing them, you're like, I don't know what they're up to. I don't know what they're doing. Who knows what they're doing? Maybe they're getting into somebody else. You have those thoughts. And then I did, I had so much self-confidence that I was like, Oh, I don't really care if they're out doing something with someone else. I was like so in my own world where I was like, I'm enjoying the experience with them so much and they give me what I need that it's really not any of my business what they're doing on the nights that they're not with me, which takes a lot of self-confidence because I'll tell you what, I don't have that right now. I don't think that way. And to think back of me being like, who cares what they're doing now as long as it's good, as long as I'm getting what what I need, whatever they're doing is none of my business. So yeah, I don't know what I was on, but I was like very, I don't know what was going well. I don't know what was going so well in my life where I was just pulling all this self-worth and self-confidence to really not care what anyone else thought of me. Um, we'll see if we, we'll see, we'll see if I get back there. Um, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I had a good, I have, it's, leave a comment on YouTube or on SoundCloud or where if you're listening probably like through Spotify or something but I'm so temperamental like minute to minute how I feel about myself going up and down um 
But I think the real problem is when you think about yourself too much. I think that's the idea. I think if you can... I find myself, I'm at my happiest when I'm thinking about basketball. If I can get really interested in basketball, if I'm checking stats or I'm checking standings or if I'm watching full basketball games, things are going well. Things are going well in my life. If I can concern myself with utter bullshit, things are going well. If I can, if I have the brain space to look at something else and say, how's that going? How many rebounds did LeBron have tonight? Things are going very well for me. I can, you know, I'm thinking about that. Come on. Things are good. Usually I'm just in my own way thinking, just festering on the future, festering on the past. I think, I think there was something about focusing on the present that was there. I think I was doing that. I think because all you really have, here's what it was. All you really have is the moment in time, this particular moment in time. So whatever you can do physically to your body to make the present moment in time better is all you really can do. Because I think about that a lot. Usually, I've talked about this, I think, on my podcast. But you're, you think about the future, you have your body or your brain, your body, your brain sends a signal to your body to be like, fear the future. Oh, what this is coming. Think about that. It's coming up. It's going to be scary. Send the fear response down your body. And what you can do is not think about the future. Really is what you can do. Just don't think about the future. Don't think about the future until it's the present. Until, okay, for instance, I have a job interview tomorrow and I have a job interview Thursday. And I've done some prep. I've done, for this interview I have tomorrow, I've done some prep. Um, But it's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm not panicked about it and I think I'm not panicked about it because I've done so many that's the thing I've done so many interviews that my brain can't panic anymore there were I mean honestly in my first couple job interviews that I had as um probably in whatever but the first couple job interviews I probably oh wow now that I'm thinking about it I had okay let's take it back to college when I no this was when I, when I was in high school I was trying out for a soccer team I was trying out for the St. Francis University soccer team and I had to be up really early oh this is such a crazy story I might include all the details even though they're irrelevant from what I'm trying to say but I remember I was up all night like tossing and turning doing that thing where you're you're having a dream you're having a dream but you're not really asleep you're half awake half asleep you're not actually sleeping but you're having a dream as if you're experiencing the day you're about to be having in the future so you're thinking about the like the thing you have that to, to do that day so i'm imagining i'm in a soccer combine being evaluated like i'm already doing it i think your brain is so focused on what it has to do the following day that it wants to get it over with. So your brain's trying to do it for you already. So it's like, oh, you're already doing it. You're already in it. You're already in it. But then you you kind of are awake. So you're like, oh, I know I'm not actually doing this. So I'm up all night. I'm so anxious. I'm so anxious I don't sleep a wink at all. And I, then I, you know, in the morning I have to go and get my car at 645 and drive up to play soccer an hour away. And, uh, I'll just finish that story. I'll just finish that story because it's kind of funny. So I didn't sleep, as you know, and I didn't realize I must, I was sick. I had the flu. Um, I had like 
poop. Like, like poop flu. I had diarrhea bad. I'll just, that's, so you know, it's not like I'm coughing, sneezing, cold. No, it was like shitting my brains out. I'm driving up. I live in Warsaw, Indiana. I was driving to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay, so I'm driving there. I have to pull over to a gas station because I have to, uh, I have to use their bathroom. I, it's that bad where I can't even make it 45 minutes away. I have to pull over and I have to play soccer. I'm sick. I have the flu. I full on have the flu. And, um, um, but I'm like, this is the time they told me to come. I have to come up. I have to play. This is it. it I didn't really have any other options. I wasn't going to reschedule. And if you know, I mean, I'm just not, I feel like a lot of people, here's the thing. I think a lot of people do reschedule those things when they don't want to do them. So people make excuses. Maybe they get scared and they don't want to go be evaluated for a possible scholarship in soccer because it's intimidating. They're scared. They're in high school. They're going to be playing with college kids. So they say, hey, I have the flu. I can't make it. And I don't think the coach, the coach probably doesn't buy it. I don't know. So I didn't want to make an excuse. So I went and I was sick as a dog. So I go, I play. I had a pretty good tryout. I had a pretty good tryout. I made the team. I didn't go to that college, but I had a good tryout. So I, I got there. Your brain turns it off. Your brain goes into survival mode. And I played. I played for a while. And I, I did well. And I'm supposed to meet with the coach after he says, hey, come by. We'll talk scholarships and stuff. Come to my office. And I was like, okay. I was like, all right, cool. That's good news. But as I'm getting done playing soccer... I'm, I'm getting sick. I'm like, my, the adrenaline's gone and I'm returning to my sick state and I'm, I don't feel well. So I go and I'm in his office and one of his players, one of the players on the team is in the office with him and they're watching some guitar video, some uh, like Eric Clapton, Grateful Dead, something, some sort of video and they don't know I'm sick. So we're just all vibing out watching this video on YouTube. We're just watching a video on YouTube and the coach doesn't know I'm sick. So he's like, yeah, he, this guy, you play guitar? And I'm like, yeah, I play guitar. He's like, oh, cool. Let's watch this video. And we're all watching it. And they're like, oh, he's pretty good. Oh yeah, I saw them back in, you know. So I'm just there watching this guitar video and then thinking like, I'm gonna die. I feel like shit. Like, I don't want to tell them I have the flu at this point, because I'm already, this is good. I'm already in the, like, we're talking money. We're talking scholarships and everything. So I don't want to, like, bail on it. So I just muscle through it, and I get through it, whatever. They, the coach offers me some money, and then I get, this is, oh, man, I don't want to, I'm not going to finish the story, but um, it was a total, it was a total nightmare. It ended up being 12 hours. But my point is, and I can bring it back to what my point was. My point was, I was scared. I was full-on experiencing insomnia because I was about to try out for a soccer team. And I don't think the stakes were that high, if I'm being honest. I just don't think the stakes were that high. It wasn't that big of a deal, you know? I mean, I guess it was something. I was going out to try out for the final time. It could have meant money. Um, but I wasn't going to die, you know, so now, probably in the first couple job interviews I had with the job I do now, I probably lost sleep over them, but you do it so many times that you realize there's nothing to be afraid of. You experience some true disasters and it just gets easier because you don't die. 
with these things. Oh, wow. Now I'm thinking about... I'm thinking about dates. Oh, gosh. Okay, I got a story. So... I mean, I kind of, I mean, kind of, but I, I, I remember going on dates. This is when I was in Cincinnati. Um, I was still, I was still a virgin at the time and hadn't really, again, I acne, I was fat. I just got into a state where you didn't, you didn't like pursue romantic relationships. First of all, because you just aren't used to them. You're not used to that level of intimacy. You're not used to being on one-on-one with someone that you're attracted to. It's you just it's not something you go seeking. And also I was Christian and or religious or whatever, but I didn't I uh wasn't trying to have sex for for whatever. It's not neither here nor there, but I didn't want to have sex. I was like not I wanted to save myself from marriage, I believe. Um how's it's funny that I'm like, I'm embarrassed when I say that. I'm like, oh, I'm so embarrassed that I was saving myself from marriage. It sounds like just the worst bitch-ass thing to say, but it doesn't matter. But I was starting to date because I was horny. I think I was horny. So I think I just like wanted to do sexual things with someone. I also was just curious about women. So I'm kind of going through the experience that most people have when they're 15. And I'm like 25. Um... But the first couple dates I went on, I remember being so nervous, just so anxious, like being like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. I can't believe I'm going on a date. What do they look like? Oh, man. And just like teeth chattering. But cut to, you know, now when I go, I would go on date like a a couple years ago I'd go on dates like all the time. Like I had no I had no anxiety. I had none. It was just like, oh, there's the person. There's the person. Cool. We're here. I'd done, I'd met so many new people that I didn't have any nerves whatsoever. I'd had such horrible dates before that I'd seen it all. There was nothing that could surprise me. Nothing could give me anxiety because you'd done it so many, you'd done it so many times. So, yeah. And that's, I was listening to a guy, J.J. McCullough. I'm going to be honest, I don't remember how I got to uh, being scared. Oh, I do remember. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I don't know which direction I want to go. I can either go the direction of being when you're scared, when you're anxious, when you're, or if you're sad or you're mad, you want other people to be that emotion and you can't help it you put that out into the world. I've become aware of that and I'm very cautious of it now. When I'm feeling in a particular mood, a sad anger, ray or sad what's the other one? anxious, fear, scared. I know and I say I am when I'm interacting with another person, I'm like I am aware of what's going on under here. And I'm going to put my best self for it. I'm going to put my best, most joyful, positive, curious, interesting self forward because I want to give that to someone else. Because if I give whatever I'm experiencing right now to someone, it's me. It's not going to, it's it's what you're experiencing. It's you and it's your authentic self, but it's only going to make the other person, you're only going to rub off on the other person. So now when I'm having conversation with, with someone, I'm very aware that I'm, I'm, if I do talk about whatever I'm experiencing, I'm talking about it in a way that's positive and can hopefully spark joy, hopefully create joy in the other person 
And I think the best way to do that is making the person laugh and taking your own circumstances and realizing that they're pretty stupid. They're pretty dumb and there's something to laugh at. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about it now. I tell the story all the time, but I was like, conf I, conf I confessed my love for someone over the phone, okay? Like full on, really like, really put myself out there. And they were chewing cereal. They were like chewing cereal. And I remember asking him like, are you outside? Like, are you walking on snow? And they're, they're like, oh no, I'm, I'm eating cereal right now. And I just remember being like, this is just funny. This is just, there is nothing other than funny about this. Like, this is hilarious. And that made it a lot easier for me because I would think back about that. I'm like, it's funny, man. If you can just take the fact that you're putting yourself out there, you're having this expectation that this conversation is going to be long and it's going to be very emotional and you're actually going to get a reaction from the person and they're just crunching on cereal while you're doing this. It's funny. I'm sorry. That's funny. The joke is on me and it's funny and it made it a lot easier. So when I do tell people that story, I the first thing I, the, I, I highlight the fact that I'm like pouring my heart out to someone and they are just munching, like mouth open. Oh, my memory card is turned off. But yeah, they're just, they're just munching on cereal. They're just like chowing down on some like honey bunches of oats. Not even honey bunch of oats, but those, uh, the weave, the Quaker, those ones, the real crunchers. But yeah, so whatever you're experiencing at any point in time, and a lot of people deal with a lot of anger and resentment towards other people, um, that's not really something I do anymore, but think about what's funny about the situation, even, how, even if it's like really fucked up, even if it's like really traumatic, um, I'm not saying my situation is traumatic. It's just like par for the course, par for living, you know? Um, I'm happy to have been given the opportunity to experience heartbreak. Um, but just take a second and look at it and, and look at it and be like, why is this funny? Because I guarantee you there is something about it that is very funny. And it probably is a little bit disturbing when you think about it in a context of it being kind of funny. Because when you look back at it, there's something that you look back on and you're like, this haunts me. I think about it all the time. I think it, I, I, I can't, it's an intrusive thought that keeps coming in. It's a negative intrusive thought that always keeps coming into my brain in making mad, making me anxious, making me sad. Take a look at it. Take a look at it. <laughs> and there's something funny about it. There's something kind of hilarious. And the joke's probably on you. Um, and it makes it easier. That's what I think. Yeah, that's what I think. So the crunching cereal. Um, yeah, I mean, it also helps you. It also helps you realize your own mistakes in the situation, whatever it may be. If you look at it as funny and as if the joke's on you, it also kind of shines some light on where maybe you might have gone wrong and where you're potentially not accepting responsibility in the situation. But, um, yeah, anyway, that's something I wanted to talk about. Oh, the other direction, the other thing is, I listened to this YouTuber, JJ McCullough. I like him. I kind of have a crush on him. There's something about him where I watch him. There's Nathan Zed is a YouTuber I kind of have a crush on. And then JJ McCullough I also have a crush on. 
who is actually gay. And I am not gay, but I it's funny listening to him talk. I'm I it's um I've like entertained ideas of being gay with JJ McCullough. And that's the first time I've ever in my life done that. Just as a thought experiment. And uh I'm not gay. That's what I realized. But he is a guy that I'm like, dude, if I was like in a relationship with him, it wouldn't be so bad. But it'd be it would be it would be hard to you know, it'd be hard to have sex with them. And I've thought about it. And it's just not something I wouldn't. We're done here. We're done here. What J.J. McCullough said, here's what he said. It's, he was talking about getting older in this YouTube video. And I was like, oh, I need to hear this. It was a little bit, I was hoping that it would give me a little bit more positivity than it did. But here was my big takeaway. The joy of getting older. And you are, if you are not learning from your past mistakes, you aren't, you're enjoying everything bad about getting older, but none of the benefits. So as you get older, what you get is you get knowledge, you get wisdom. You get those past experiences. You get those first dates. You have them. They're yours. They're in your bank. They're there. They're your research. They're your case studies to look through and say, um, what went wrong here? What could I have done better? How could I have avoided this pain? And... What's important? What's important? What's important on this the adventure that I'm going on? You have wisdom. You have life experience. So if you're not learning from your life experience, you're going to experience getting older, getting uglier, getting balder, getting fatter, getting brittler, and none of the benefits, which is being wiser, being making better decisions, learning perspective. And I thought that was interesting. So, um... Yeah, when you start encountering, yeah, when you start encountering the same situations in life, which we all do, just take a second, take a beat, take a minute, and go back through the catalog of everything in your brain, and ask yourself, have we seen this before? Have we experienced this before? What can we learn from our past experiences? And that's what I've been doing lately. It's so hard. It's so incredibly hard, um, but I think, keep this in mind, keep this in mind. When you're experiencing something difficult, um, remember you're working through it. That different, that, that experience that you're having in your brain, as long as you're not holding on to resentments, as long as you're looking at the situation for what it is and trying to be a good person about it, trying to be better for it, trying to accept responsibility and try to have a mature attitude, you're working through it. It gets better on the other side. That pain, that uh, cognitive dissonance that you're experiencing, it ends. It ends, you work through it. What that is is pain of you wrapping your head around the idea, around the experience and trying to put a nice bow on it and say, this is what I learned from it. And it's difficult as fuck, but it does just end. Um, this too shall pass. It all just passes, but you have to let it pass. You have to work through it. You got to do the work. You got to go through. The, you got to look at it for what's really going on. My friend Zach Powers always said he has two. My, Zach has two things that always stick in my brain, and they become more true as life goes on. The first thing he ever said to me, I broke up. I broke up. I mean, it was like seeing this girl that I liked, and it was my birthday. 
And we are meeting at this restaurant, and I wanted her to come, even though we'd broke up. We'd only been seeing each other like a couple months or something like that, but it didn't, whatever, it didn't work out. So I told him we'd broke up, and we were meeting there, and I said, oh, I got to pick up this girl. And he said, why? And I was like, well, he's like, you broke up with her, right? And I said, yeah, but I don't know. I, you know, I don't want her to, I don't want her to feel like I don't care, right? And Zach says to me, that's the best part about breaking up with someone. You don't have to care how they feel. And that's, as I get older, the more I think about it, the how wise that is. I think about it now, and if you break up with someone, if you're done with them, and that's it, Roman, let's talk romantic. If you break up with someone, you don't have to care about how they feel. Also, I'll say you should not care how they feel. You have you shouldn't want any bad, you shouldn't want anything bad to have them. You shouldn't care if they're sad, if they're mad, if they're depressed. If you did your thing, if you kept your side of the street, you broke it off, you did what you did. You don't have to care how they feel and you also should not. You should not let their emotions affect yours. You should not be emotionally affected by them and they shouldn't be emotionally affected by you. But them being emotionally affected by you is outside of your control. So don't be emotionally affected by them. So I think I've been thinking about that lately. So not what not only was Zach saying something so wise to say you don't have to care how they feel. Like you don't have to pick her up. You don't have to do that. That's that's the beauty of it. You don't have to do that. But like also don't. You don't have to be emotionally tied to this person. Whether they give a fuck if you're a good person, if they can get to your birthday party. Who cares? Um But that's something I've learned. These things stick with you. They stick in your brain. They don't go anywhere. They live forever. All you have is your own life experiences. Be kind to yourself and be kind to people and uh, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself however you're going to do it. Sometimes you take care of yourself and you think you're taking care of yourself and then you look back on it and you're like, no, I was not taking care of myself. That was not the right direction. So sometimes in your best efforts, you think you're doing the right thing for yourself and you're not. Learn your lesson. That's par for the course. Much love. Peace, love, and gap. Um, yeah, this is a full, full ass podcast. My lips are so dry. I have like a nervous tick that I keep licking my lips. But I'm done. Okay, we're done. Bye.